I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I am done. Yeah, I've yeah. been like vomiting out both ends. Mm-hmm. My body hurts so bad. I can't get fluids down. I know this is a recipe for organ failure or death. Welcome to Big Fish Stories, the podcast dedicated to telling the real outdoor stories of adventure, hunting, and fishing. For the outdoors men and women who get lost in the stories around the campfire, this is the place for you. My name is Tyler Hendricks, located in the great state of Idaho. Our guest today made his skill sets known in history's popular survival series, Alone, Season 9. And it's coming out on Netflix, right? This summer. It's coming out on Netflix. Don't miss it. This summer. (laughs) This is his second time on the podcast, and I want to thank Mr. Benji Hill for joining us today. Benji, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me out, Tyler. Of course. Yeah. So tell me. Yeah. We We did a first episode all and no one had seen alone yet okay. it was kind of to help promote oh, that's right people watching okay. alone so no one had seen it yet tell me a little bit about the experience now we can kind of dive into some of the the individual experiences you had right. uh maybe we start at the beginning of landing yeah landing and being alone how was it oh it was a dream come true i hate to say like most people i think probably would be terrified um, I look at it like if you drop me off in any inner city, I would be more terrified. Mm-hmm. So it was like finally getting to do what I've always dreamed of doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I moved to Idaho on a whim because I wanted to be in the woods. And here I am 30 years plus years later, getting to be dropped off to test myself mm-hmm. and the ultimate challenge with and against yourself. Ultimately, you know, how do you do in this landscape that you don't know and how long can you make it? So, and is it true that, you know, they always are saying that alone is that ultimate test. It's legit. I mean, I told them, and maybe the only reason, one of the reasons I got on was like, I'm not doing any other shows. Mm -hmm. I only want to do this or I'm going to do it on my own Mm -hmm. because I want to have this knowledge. I want to learn from it. Inevitably, you're going to get broken down one way or the other, whether it's, you know, mentally or nutritionally or a skill set you maybe are missing or overlooked. So you'll learn. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that, that adventure and that, that experience. So when I got dropped off and, uh, you know, the choppers taken mm-hmm. off, I mean, I was just like tears in my eyes mm-hmm. and then like felt like throwing up mm-hmm. and then ultimately just this quiet calm that mm-hmm. I hope everybody in their lifetime gets to experience where like you just realize there's no one, nothing going on, but you, you mm-hmm. can see it in some of the shows mm-hmm. on HBO or whatever, where, you know, man has been wiped off the planet and here these people are trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just go into the woods for like a few days with very little stuff and no humans around and wow man it's an awesome reset so i was super excited for what was going to be the reset and Mm -hmm. you know i was i had tears like oh just just ecstatic joy yeah because the apprehension of this happening had Mm -hmm. been months and months building up and Mm -hmm. then all the camera work and i was sick before we went out so i was afraid maybe i would have to let it go to be fair to another contestant Mm -hmm. if i wasn't well enough to do a good job you know so all this emotion was on the plate. I didn't even eat for a day. I fasted a day before they dropped me off because mm. I was so sick. I just wanted my immune system right. Mm-hmm. So I was already going backwards before I got dropped off. But right. once I got there, I knew I was like at home. Mm-hmm. It was quiet. There's animal tracks. There was forest mm-hmm. that I didn't know when I was like a kid. I mean, yeah. I was just like, I cannot wait to get moving. Mm-hmm. And you know what I did? The first thing I did was stick to my plan, which was sit down, take my shoes off, Get my feet in the sand. It had been raining, so I just finally got to sit in the sun, and I made a cup of yarrow tea, mm. which, as I've been sick, yarrow tea is, like, all over these hillsides here in the spring and summer, and I show all the kids how to make it, and it's a great medicinal. And you know what? I was start- I felt better within three days. So wow. Just drank tea and fasted. So you were sick going into it? Yeah, a lot of us were. Really? Carrie Lee was. Igor was. I was. Everyone else, a bunch of people had colds. We got it from a lot of the people that were helping us, Mm -hmm. I think, and ultimately just traveling and stress. Right. But uh, also I got to take a little bit on myself. My diet going in to gain all that weight was horrible. Oh, you gained like 30 pounds? Yeah. But dude, I just redid it Mm -hmm. and I just hit 221 this winter and Mm -hmm. I didn't gain half the fat. Wow. So I can still hit 220, 230 Mm -hmm. lifting and eating a really good diet, Mm -hmm. but I cheated and ate a crappy American diet Mm -hmm. and that cost me immunity Mm -hmm. and cost me health and all kinds of stuff that I could get into on another deal, but I would never do that again. So I think I set myself up for ultimately what got me in the end right? by going in. So which a weekend, you know, uh, gut and mm-hmm. immune system. So I was sick going in, 
kicked it. And then I was partying from mm. then on, you know, yeah, for like yeah. three weeks, I was like living the dream. You oh, know? and you, you stuck to what you said you were going to do. <laughs> that was <laughs> like right away. You were like, okay, I'm, I'm running in, I'm shooting arrows. I'm going to, I'm going to take over this area. Yeah. Dequivered multiple times. Yeah. Nine arrows in the bush <laughs> yeah. looking for him for days yeah. because, you know, Gretzky said, you never, you make a, never make the shot you don't take. Right. Mm -hmm. Squirrels were ducking arrows, rabbits, <laughs> everybody was ducking arrows, right, you know, right. and as I settled into my flow by week two and week three, mm -hmm. I was as lethal as I've ever been with my bow. Anything yeah. I saw dead, right. you know, like, but it, it seemed like it, it was that way. Mm -hmm. it, some of them I miss and that's still building into it day 17, but at day 20, I remember just like, I'd see something and I'd just be like, thank you. Whack. Yeah. Thank you. Whack. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, I'm on point now. Right. And that's, you know, and where you I found knew that fishing hole too. Oh yeah. And there was a few more. <laughs> so there was a couple other ones they didn't show that yeah. I had some really good bends in the river mm -hmm. that when the water went down, they just stacked. Wow. So, I mean, I was eating fish daily, which in survival, the take is, you know, you got to be a good fisherman, bass mm -hmm. fisherman, mm -hmm. bait fisherman, mm -hmm. you know, any which way you can do it. Active or passive fishing is the way to survival. So really knowing how to use your gill nets, which we couldn't, mm -hmm. but in other seasons, you'll see them killing it with gill nets. And that's how people do really well in the woods. Right. So good skill to learn. Yeah. And the big variable factor for a loan is kind of where people are dropped off. Mm. How did you feel your location? I think compared? I had the best location. I think your location. Was I'm not going to lie. I had, I had this beach <laughs> that was South facing yeah. and I had this beach that wrapped. So it mm -hmm. went from like always in the sun. So I'd watch the sunset fishing one way and I'd watch the sunrise fishing another. Mm -hmm. um, I had these swamps. I had these beaver runs. I had a trapping area. Mm -hmm. Um, again, a big thing they go on with me is my lack of shelter mm -hmm. ability. But if you've studied survival in any way, shape or form, survive, uh, shelter just meets the, the time of year mm -hmm. early in the season, I'm used to bivying my whole fall. Right. So I never build the shelter anyway. Mm -hmm. So they make that look like it's I'm exposed. Yeah. The, but the editing made it seem like, and I was kind of laughing going, Oh, that's Benji because the editing made it seem like you jumped out. You were, you whacked some squirrels and then it just started pouring rain and yeah. it was getting dark and you're like, oh, I don't really have a shelter yet, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was awesome. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, I was soaking wet, but yeah. I just went over, pulled off my stuff and mm -hmm. slept 10 hours. Like I've never slept before. Right. And I remember getting on my checkups, you know, a few of the, the checkup ease, uh, were a little, I guess, concerned with me. I heard feedback that, is he okay? Does he know what he's doing? Like, maybe he's just too hardcore into hunting and gathering. Right. And you know, maybe, should we be worried? Mm -hmm. And the one of the gals that was helping us out was like, no, he's like, he's so in his element that mm -hmm. that doesn't even register. He's not afraid of bears. Right. He's not afraid of anything. He's so at home that he just sleeps under trees. Yeah. And he's just like having a ball. And mm -hmm. honestly, that's you know, how I am, I'm showing my kids and I show kids at my camps, mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's okay to be at home in these elements mm -hmm. and just keep it as simple as possible. Whether you're sleeping under your canoe or just under a tree or, you know, under a little rock pile, you don't need these huge homemade man structures. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of where we're fear-based out there. Right. There's a place for that. If you're going to winter out there, yeah, but you don't need to burn all your, you need calories far before you need shelter. Right. And then there's that trade-off where if you don't have a good shelter, you're burning a lot of calories, right. but I'm still, I would still do it the same tomorrow. Yeah. I would put calories in my mouth before I build anything. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of people's strategy is to focus intensely on the shelter yes. because they know they have calories to spare. And that's where that element is good. If yeah. you have a slow metabolism and body weight to burn, mm -hmm. then maybe you lean that way. I'm a hard gainer. Mm -hmm. I'm generally you know, 170, 180 without weights and mm -hmm. good nutrition. So to hold 220, that's like a month. Right. And I'm down to 180. So I have a month to put food away. Mm -hmm. Then I got to have a secure trap line, a secure fishing idea. I need to tag big game. Yep. So anyway. well, and it seems like too, a lot of those people who build the shelters and spend a, a, an exorbitant amount of time building that shelter and then start to focus on now I need to find food. It's a catch 22 because now they don't have the calories to spend to find the food. Right. And so yours is just reversed. Yeah. You're finding the food first and going, okay, I'm set. I know where I can find my food. Yeah. Then I can build my shelter. Yeah. And then you know how much energy to allocate. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 
bashing anybody's shelter. I was amazed. They were some great shelters. Jesse's oh, yeah. shelter, um, Tom's shelter. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Adam's shelter was mm-hmm. like, I could live in that for the rest of my life. Right. Better than where I'd want to live. Right, right. But, you know, without the food, you're going to come to this crux at four day 40 to 50 where your body's going to start giving you problems. Right. So damned if you do, damned if you don't pick your strategy. I mean, I was really feeling good about getting a bear too. I mean, I had bear sign on the daily. Oh, it looked like you had one more day. (laughs) I I was there. Like literally one of my next projects after I just put some insulation on my wiki up, which it only took me one day to put that up and Mm -hmm. I barely even insulated it got the tarp on it. So I put one day into that and then I was going to lay moss on it, get the insulation going. And then as it gets colder, you just lay more and more insulation till it's like a beaver dam. Mm-hmm. And I had a fire in there. So I was cruising on that. I was building a tree stand on this pinch point where this bear was going through mm-hmm. every week. And then I was just going to sit it. So I had enough dried food. I had a whole shirt full of dried fillets, beaver meat, mm-hmm. and a whole 32 ounce thing of beaver fat. Gosh, rendered, yep. which was like 37,000 calories. I did the math. So I was just going to take all that and just sit in the tree. And I'm fasting now. I fast fine for three days. I was just going to sit there mm-hmm. until that bear came through, stick that, render yeah. all that. And then go, I was going a hundred days. Oh yeah. So yeah. my, my direct, you know, they show me being hardcore kind mm-hmm. of one way or the other. I got bashed in all social media for the way they showed me. You know what? I was just, that's how I focus best. I'm really mm-hmm. competitive. Even when I was powerlifting, I yeah. made the guy that's my best friend, my enemy, and I'd just do better. And right. then we'd go have fun afterwards. Yeah. So I was just super competitive. I was driven to get my stuff together in day 30 to day 40. 50, I was going to be cruising, and then I was going 100. Mm-hmm. And I was going to break the record. That was yeah. my goal. Yeah. And you know I what? Mean, I didn't. I, when, I, <laughs> when I watched it, I thought this guy's the most badass guy that I've seen oh. in alone because of your strategy and because because I know you, but also because, uh, it was kind of like what I thought represented Idaho really well. Well, thanks for all that. But yeah. there are some amazing candidates and credit. Of course. I'm fans of all the guys and gals who've done so well, Callie mm-hmm. and Roland. I even threw Roland a shout out after, cause I'm like, they made me look like I was coming at you. <laughs> I just said, I respected him massively Yeah, yeah. and that I just want to win. Yeah. As my soccer record got beaten in high school, I went and shook their hand. And then I said, good luck breaking my deadlift record. Right. You're never going to break 705, dude. <laughs> right. And the kid just looked at me and goes, yeah, dude, you're nuts. And I'm like, yeah, so records are meant to be broken. And yeah. I'm the same way. If somebody's mm-hmm. hunting a certain way, I'm trying to make it as challenging. You know? Right. So right. Roland said, no problems. You know, he understood that I'm just that type of person. You know, yeah. humans are meant to push the envelope. Some right, of us. Right, so. right. Well, let's talk about the, uh, that it was, I believe it was the first or second, I think it was the first beaver yeah. that almost got away. Oh, he did. Yeah. For real. Well, they showed that away. really well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I literally, when I watched that, I was like, there is no freaking way he's going to find that thing. No. Like, I, I thought there's no way. That thing's long gone. Yeah. So but sure enough. Tell me about it. So that's a great point. Like, uh, super exciting, man. Like, oh man, I just... <laughs> I was really thin on food at that point, just like a half a fish a day and some berries, you know, and some, you know, I was, the calories were low in some fish head soup. Right. So I was plummeting a little bit and I knew it. And then when I saw that beaver coming to me, um, I didn't know he was there. I saw the sign and next thing you know, the beaver is like coming mm-hmm. down this little channel between the two. It's basically called a run. It's like four feet deep mm-hmm. and it's like 30 yards away get an arrow on the string, drop to a knee and draw. Yeah. And, you know, with a recurve, I'm holding, mm-hmm. you know, for like 10 seconds and right. he comes around the corner and I put one, like basically Nick is thrown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is how it goes down. So I think I tagged it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Pops up like a little ways away. Shoot another one. Now I'm panicking a little. I miss <laughs> right. comes back close again, right in the side of the head. You know, Gosh. like I'm just trying to put it down. Right. I'm not looking for this thing to suffer, but mm-hmm. unfortunately with an arrow through its neck and its head, it goes out into the beaver pond mm-hmm. into yonder land and it's swimming out of my unit. Mm. So we have those 
uh, GPS things that beep when we get close to our units. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so you can't track out of this five by five mile zone. Oh. And it happens to be at the end of the beaver oh. is I've hit my wall a few times sneaking yeah. around and it, it tells me to move a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So I know that's my border. Mm -hmm. And he's swimming towards my border. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to lose him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like about to throw up. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is through the roof. I dequivered trying to hit him as he was swimming out. So all my arrows are floating. Mm -hmm. I realize this is what the lesson is learned. Uh, sometimes you got to trust that your shot was right mm -hmm. and not panic. Like I know people have shot animals and then an uh, animal shoots up like a cow elk and they shoot another one. Right. And that's a real mistake. You got to really make that first shot count. And I knew that beaver was mortally hit. Mm -hmm. Hindsight being 2020, I should just calm down, which I finally did. And I realized he's not going to live. So mm -hmm. let's just mark where he goes in. Did a really good job of marking it with this really big black spruce. Mm -hmm. And I knew this waterway to the main channel was on the backside. And I said, the only way I'm losing this beaver is if it makes it into that big channel. Mm -hmm. So I basically filled my boots, swam up to my waist, got around and got in that channel. And I just watched it mm -hmm. till dark. And that beaver never made it over this hump into that channel. So I checked for tracks right at dark, never saw a slide, never saw fresh signs. So I thought pretty good. He tried to get up through these alders and passed away or he's in there, you know, expired well when i find him the next day which was right where i'd left him mm -hmm. i crawled up one of these slides and he was just he made it to the edge and expired mm -hmm. and that arrow was completely through his head wow my broadhead was sticking out the other side wow i mean i could have made a better shot right, unfortunately right. it still was such a tough animal mm -hmm. i mean i i was in tears at that moment so oh, yeah. ecstatic <laughs> screaming and yelling mm -hmm. so i gotta go home skin him i don't know if i've done a better job processing an animal than that <laughs> oh, one I so i i just nailed it with that got him hung the meat i will tell you fresh taken beaver mm -hmm. for all those out there and this goes for rock chuck too mm -hmm. in the high country really? rock chuck is delicious what eats just grass mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like eating chemical raised grains i'll take sure. i'll eat them up in the alpine yeah, yeah. meadows outstanding dude as good wow. as prime rib or anything it's wow. really fatty okay really good flavor mm -hmm. um and the fat has no gaminess i was eating spoons of the rendered fat yeah with the cracklings mm -hmm. the crunchy rendered beaver chunk fats mm -hmm. with salt because i brought salt yeah anyone who bashed my salt thing Food tastes a thousand times better oh, and yeah. your morale goes through the roof. Well, and you get electrolytes. You do. Now, mm -hmm. I probably overdid the salt because mm -hmm. I was constantly dehydrated. So mm -hmm. another thing I spoke to was that I was taking in all this salt. I was probably overdoing the salt. Mm -hmm. So I drink uh, salt, but it's a lot of potassium yeah. um, chloride. And I wasn't getting enough potassium in my diet. So mm -hmm. I was getting really dehydrated throughout the days. Anyway, the salt made the meat amazing. Mm -hmm. So fried beaver meat in its beaver fat. I suggest any true woodsman who hasn't tried it, try it, but fresh killed. So I've trapped beavers and the meat gets really uh, swampy tasting yeah, yeah, yeah. as does bear meat that's taken in like swampy areas in Alaska. I haven't enjoyed that meat, right? but fresh killed bear, beaver and marmot will surprise you. And mm. I was eating like a freaking king, yeah. eating a thousand, 1500 calories a night laughing my butt off mm -hmm. fasting all day. So I wouldn't spike my insulin, just staying in fat burning. So right. you burn really slow and then I'd have a really good meal for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I was just cruising. And that's almost, my wife said this to me yesterday. She goes, you were doing too well. You got a little sloppy with your meat handling mm. and probably just got a little careless because mm. you were feeling so good. Yeah. And I was literally processing fish, squirrels, rabbits, and beaver meat. Yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't show another part of my adventure, which I tagged another beaver and mm -hmm. I arrowed that one, rolled him mm. cleanly through the neck, yeah. rolled him, swam out, got him mm -hmm. in my underwear at dark, yep. had another beaver hanging. Wow. So, um, I'm surprised they didn't show that. I, I didn't have enough time. They yeah. said there wasn't enough real estate. Gotcha. So I was on cloud nine and yeah, you I only tell them the stories because I had like, I had eating every day and dried meat. I had 50 to 60 days mm -hmm. put away and right. I'm good fasting. And you know, I really don't mind. I, right, right. I do it for fun for my health. Oh yeah. And that's normal to me. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't a problem. Um, I still had a, as you saw, I had a good roll oh, yeah. and I came out and I still had a roll. So my body had pulled off a lot of muscle mm -hmm. and a lot of fat, but I still had probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 pounds of fat on mm -hmm. me 
which is about, you're burning about a fat pound of fat a day. Yep. So there's another 15 days of just fasting. Right. So if you look at the numbers, I was really feeling good. So that's why I was so heartbroken when I came out. And uh, anyway. So is your, is your wife alluding to it was a, uh, ultimately a problem with some contaminated meat or something yeah. like that. And we don't know what it was because I've been mm. tested multiple times and I've had multiple gut issues right. since then, which I never had before. Mm. Um, so just be really careful, obviously with your meat handling, you know, I've been handling some, some predators and this and that been a lot better at doing that. Cause mm -hmm. I'm usually just in it sure. and just wipe my hands and yeah. grab some meat, whether it's a lion or a coyote or whatever, it's right. just like, keep going. Yep. I'm way more cautious now because that was bad. Gotcha. Like, I've never been. You, so got, you were tested for Jardia and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and no I cleared Giardia. it was, yeah. I cleared it with no drugs. I have not taken an antibiotic since I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I was sick for a while. I did some herbal cleanses after. And I think when I got retested almost a year later, mm -hmm. um, I had no signs of any of the basic stuff through my stool samples. So right. body can handle it, but in the woods that would, I would have died. Yeah. I was so dehydrated. I would have died within a day or two for right, sure. The, right. the head medical guy was like, you're a red flag right now. If more people come in like you, we're going to have problems. Wow. We're so far out there. Wow. So gotcha. And so what were, what were some of the, uh, were there any other highlights for you that they didn't show on camera? Um, let's see, man, like I haven't really thing, revisited the, this, but the fishing I, thing was crazy. So I was I so addicted pulled out. to, I mean, I caught 33 fish yeah. and I wasn't there 33 days right. and not all of them were very big. I think my biggest I measured out was 17 inches, yeah. but it was just this beautiful trophy right. trout and it was catching it on a stick mm -hmm. with a string <laughs> and just like a, basically a hook fly yeah. with a little string yeah, on it. Yeah, Cause they limited what you could use for, you pretty much were needing to use flies only, right? Yeah. And it was really easy to use some paracord mm -hmm. and just some fishing line and just all you had to do was tie a little bit of colored string on there right. and they would hit anything. Cause I don't mm. think anybody fished. Right, right. 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 So, so having bait or not bait wasn't a problem. You couldn't use bait. Yeah. Right. So you didn't need to, but they would hit any fly. So I was dragging even like orange paracord with a hook mm. as a floating fly and they were hitting that. Mm. Granted, it wasn't every day that was going off just like bass fishing. Right. But, uh, it was really good fishing and it was so good that I would just burn myself up between like trying to fish then I would try and run and get my trap line covered so nobody would steal my bait, you know, my squirrels or my mm -hmm. rabbits. Then I'd try and get back and get water processed. And then I'd have another trap line. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go check my beaver mm -hmm. ambushes. Then I'd go get firewood. Like I just felt like <laughs> I had not enough time in the day. Right. And this wasn't managing a kid, mm -hmm. a job, a relationship, a dog. Mm -hmm. I still had barely any time like to just sit down and watch the sunset. I was right. just so busy. Right. Right. And it was so fun to be that busy. Right. And so what was the, what, well, maybe give us a little bit of a recap on, we touched a little bit on what finally took you out of it. Yeah. Which was a stomach problem that couldn't be figured out. How long did you last with that? I think I made it at first. So, so hindsight, I like to learn and teach from all this. Mm -hmm. I'm fine being a whipping boy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm human just like sure. anybody else. Could I have done better? Could I have been more humble? I, you know, actually I was very humble out there. They just don't show that right. at all. Well, they, they, you they, the they show me as the agonist yeah. to the whole thing. And then they show everyone else being like so gracious <laughs> to the land. And they show me the one time I kind of shot a squirrel and was like, yeah, I nailed him. Right. Well, like I'd missed him like seven times that day. So I, you know, I kind of got out of, stepped out of character right, right. and then I was very humble to him, mm -hmm. but like, you know, they don't show me being as humble as I think I was mm -hmm. and as gra the gratitude, not as high as some people, mm -hmm. but they wanted a character that I think that was different. Right. And so they used my moments of when I get fired up, yeah, yeah. which I have this character that likes to go do jujitsu and get mm -hmm. choked out. Right. I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I like to lose and then come back. Yeah. I like Rocky stories, mm -hmm. but not everyone likes to show that side of themselves right. or has it. So. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's the one downside to my character on the show. That's mm -hmm. um, not really as well balanced as I was like, as I would like, but it's okay. You know, they, it's a TV show. Sure. It's entertainment. Yep. I did make a lot of mistakes. One of which was I didn't keep my hands clean enough. You mm -hmm. could very easily make lye from the beaver fat and ash mm -hmm. and clean your hands. So could have done that. No problem. Touching your face. I touch my face all the time out there, not thinking about it. Right. And I was touching fish, squirrels, guts organs, mm -hmm. you know, it's impossible to stay clean out there, but I could have done a lot better. Mm -hmm. And then hydration. 
A lot of those guys on the show were drinking on pure unboiled water. Mm-hmm. I was almost at the ocean. So I was at the very bottom of all these runways. I just thought it was too risky mm-hmm. to do that, even though I've drank tons of unfiltered water. Right. And I don't, I've never shown Giardia. Mm-hmm. I could have probably gotten away with it and done better with hydration. I think that would have helped me kick the bug right. when I first got it. Mm-hmm. So I started drinking the Yarrow tea when I first started getting stomach cramps and feeling the digestion problem. And then I felt good. And mm-hmm. I was still so excited about my trap line. I think I went out and did a, a run on both of them and came back and wicked dehydrated, drank a little bit of water and tea. And then the next day I was full blown. So mm. I think hindsight, you feel a stomach bug, you pound the yarrow tea, you pound the willow or the, uh, the birch bark tea. I didn't have that, but that's another good one. Mm-hmm. You get your body rested, you hydrate so you can flush mm-hmm. that. And that's what basically cleared me when I went back to camp after I got ejected, right. they put me on IVs. I was able to drink again. I still didn't eat food for five days when I came out. I was Gosh. 185. Yeah. And then I went in at 221. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cleared it with fluids. Yeah. So the key is staying hydrated mm-hmm. and keeping your hands clean and being able to recognize when maybe you should leave the trap line alone and maybe lose a rabbit mm-hmm. and just, keep, you know, drink the fluids, get some rest, fight the bug. Right. And I didn't respect it enough and it got its hold on me. And once it gets a hold of you, whether it's bacteria or parasite, mm-hmm. you know, you can't clear it. So, right. so re recapping what you could have done. Yeah. In a circumstance like that, it's better to be a little bit more cautious when you feel something, Correct. take it a little bit easy, make yep. sure you're fully hydrated, Correct. get water going through you. Take don't it. try to push it. Especially when you're talking about longevity, because yes. you know, if you're, if you're a hunter or fisherman and you're just out on, you know, a couple day trip or something like that, worse yeah. comes to worse, you can make it back. Yep. But in a longevity like this, where you're trying to make it a hundred days, probably best to be cautious is what you're saying. Yeah. Even if you're going out, let's just take this to the person who goes out for the day. Mm-hmm. If you don't have one of those in reach things mm-hmm. or cell service, because oh, yeah. I hunt in a lot of places, there's no cell service. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm an idiot for most of my life doing that. Totally. Because when I decided to tap, I barely could walk from my shelter a hundred yards to the boat ramp mm. to be picked up. I needed to be picked up to be put on the boat. Gosh. Dude, I have some willpower and mm-hmm. I thought that would take me a long way. Twice in my life, I got Montezuma's Revenge surfing in Mexico Ooh. and this. Mm-hmm. And both times I've had to been carried to the toilet, mm-hmm. to my bed, to the boat, mm-hmm. to a bed. I mean, I I was incapacitated. So imagine if you get this and you're hunting by yourself. Yeah. You're not going to make it out. If you're on the backside of the backside of a mountain where we hunt and there's no access, right. you better have a way to get out. So don't throw your loved ones and yourself in the toilet. Yeah. Luckily, I was able to hit the yellow brick. Three in the morning, I'm like, come pick me up at seven. Are you sure? I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I am done. I have been like vomiting out both ends. My body hurts so bad. I can't get fluids down. I know this is a recipe for organ failure or death. Right. I got two kids. Forget it. Oh yeah. I'll I'll take this battle on a clean slate. I learned my lesson. Right. So yeah, not totally happy with going out like that when I thought I was just like hitting my stride, Mm -hmm. but to everyone out there. Welcome to life, right? And right. my kids, I think, will learn more from seeing me ultimately fail mm-hmm. than seeing me cruise through the thing. I wish I would have stuck the first bear, the first beaver, yeah. cruise past 100 days, high-fived them, walked out. I wanted to build a gym, start mm-hmm. working out, start yeah. lifting rocks, come out ripped, mm-hmm. jacked at 175 pounds. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to still go do that shit on my own time. Sure. But and hopefully show you the video and show everyone what my alone really looks like in 50 days. Yeah, yeah. But that's not going to be on on History Channel, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe they'll ask you back for like a, uh, a what do they call it? Who um, knows, right? Yeah, the, like uh, the the I don't know. I don't know what they call it. Yeah, the, they, they do it all the time on these series. Where well, they have people I'm, come back. I'm ready to go. I'm cool. not tapped out. I'm either going to do it on my own once the kids get a little older, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it in a hunting season where I can hunt big game, mm-hmm. elk, bear, deer, grouse and have some good fishing resources, whether it's Canada, Alaska, or here. But that's one of the videos I want to do is my own 50-day channel challenge. Right, right, right. So once my wife gives me the go-ahead right. and she feels good, I'm going out again. Yeah. So how often How often are they checking for checking your health, all that kind of stuff? That's probably during- a once in a week to once every 10 days. Yeah. They're really good. Do they, so, does it get... Do they get more and more frequent 
yes. as you get farther. They do more along. and more frequent, but they're not social. You're right. not talking. Mm-hmm. You are literally being evaluated. They check you on like a scope of 10 different things. It's not just BMI or mm-hmm. weight loss. They are looking at your blood pressure, where your pulse is, mm-hmm. you know, your fluids, your oxygen. They do the oxygen. I guess they have developed this great parameter. So you feel mm-hmm. really safe in that, um, I don't know, curtain or umbrella or whatever it is, safety net. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're looking out for you. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to hamstring you. They're going to catch you before you hurt yourself. But the same sense, you got to be able to call the ball like I did mm-hmm. and not go another day. Right. You know, I'd like to have turned it around, but. I screwed up and I knew that I had to just pull myself out. Totally. And I'm still okay with that part of the decision, even mm-hmm. though I know two days earlier, I think I could have done better. Yep. And five days earlier, I know I could have done better handling all that game and, right. and stuff. So, Well, and what you went through is such a, a, a unique experience of solitude that a lot of people don't experience at all in this day and age. Oh my God. What was it like coming back into so, society? culture shock. Mm -hmm. Literally when I hit Toronto, I had, I had pure culture shock. Mm. It's the craziest, loudest airport. And I had to make this quick turnaround to catch my next flight. And I called production and was like, I can't make it. I'm Mm. literally going to go sit outside in the rain. Mm. I couldn't get it together. I had to do a COVID test. The amount of things we juggle in our day to day is insane, dude. Mm. And some people's day to day is just the stress is going to kill you. Mm. So when I got back into that flow, I literally couldn't deal. I like literally had to go get it in the hotel. I went and sat outside in the rain. Mm-hmm. I had to get my shoes off, reground. Mm-hmm. Then I was able to make it back the next day to Denver and back mm-hmm. to Boise. And I was still just like, the noise was killing me. Mm-hmm. The, the distract, like the electronics, seeing everyone on electronics was freaking me yeah, out. Yeah. Having to use them again. I think mm-hmm. it was throwing me off. Right. But, um, man, if you feel like you're just not thriving in society, you have to integrate these natural retreats. And I want to figure out some way to incorporate more of those into my yearly training and programming for people. Give them these goat packing adventures, these experiences, how to balance this with our busy lives Mm -hmm. and then how to like get off our electronics a little bit more. I mean, Oh, it's so needed. Oh dude. I just felt so good. Like my pulses and my circadian rhythm mm-hmm. was like, I could feel the energy pulsing in me. And then I was doing some Tai Chi out there, mm-hmm. which really harnesses mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And when you kick your shoes off and start doing that every day and it's that quiet, like you can all of a sudden like really feel the chi. And it's the first time I really started feeling amazing. Yeah, so yeah. it was more than just the food. It was just that I had this just peace, solitude, and just overall great wellness within mm-hmm. And yeah, I missed my family and I didn't show all that because I knew they would target that. I've seen them do it. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, talking about my daughter. Mm-hmm. I just put them in the bubble yeah. and I would reflect with them on when the North star came out, I would, you know, connect with them energetically and know that they were okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, a funny story, if I don't mind telling was that yeah. I guess my wife, she's an acupuncturist. So she's into the energy stuff and all that. She was putting this, she was visualizing these golden showers on me at night mm-hmm. of just this goodness and well-being. Mm-hmm. And when I got sick, she also had gotten sick. Oh. So she had stopped doing it. Mm. And I was like literally basking in the best time right. ever. And all of a sudden I just felt like, it's God. I, I was kind of like, <laughs> I didn't know this, but I was like, I'm not doing well. Right. What? I'm, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I got this really, she got a, um, I'll think of it in a second, but shingles. So she had shingles. She couldn't get out of bed. So she stopped, you know, giving me this energy she believes Mm -hmm. to feel so good and just connecting with me and making me feel great. Right. And I don't know if that was a part of it. Like, what'd you do? But she said, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like I got the shingles and I was so messed up. I couldn't deal with anything Mm -hmm. and the kids and you got sick on like day, whatever, 25. And I remember stopping doing that every evening. She'd give me like a half hour of you know, just this meditation. And I would sit in my shelter quietly and just try and connect. And I would feel really good afterwards and wake up. Awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Take it, leave it. Right. But I went out the same time she stopped. Wow. Giving me the little extra buffer of immunity. Right. So I don't know. That's a story I haven't told. No, I love it. So weird, weird stuff in this world. I like to know that there's maybe something else out there. Hundred percent. But uh, that's where I think we're all connected. Whether we're whether it's 
we're not in the same room. Right. Uh, we're all connected in some way. Right. Which is why the outdoors are so cool. Our relationships with each other, you know, it's so good that we stay connected mm -hmm. in these different ways. And I like to look for the mystical doorways. Yeah. That's something else I heard. Like that show opened up. That was a doorway. I just mm -hmm. kept walking through it. Now I'm kind of stuck. I can't find what doorway to go through right. again. But I'm aware that one is going to open yeah. somewhere. So I've got my feelers out in, in life where I go next. So, yeah. And anyway. we all go through those those yeah. seasons in life where yeah. you're just waiting for that door to open. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're doing this. This will help me connect and yeah. channel some stuff and yeah. get into fishing with you yeah, and then talk absolutely. about some more stuff that we got going on that's exciting coming mm -hmm. up this spring and summer and yeah. obviously this fall. So Yep. And how long do you think it took? Before, because... I was thinking about you. I, I do this gig every year where I go to Rodeo Houston. It's obviously not nearly what you're doing, but I'm going to Rodeo Houston where I'm away from my family for 26 oh, days, something like that. Well, that's legit. And I came back and I, I felt a huge sense of displacement where I was like, my brain is still over there. Yep. Um, and the people I was socializing with, I'm still connecting with them, but I'm not there anymore. And now I'm here. And I'm back with my family. I'm needing to jump back into raising our kid and jump back into being a good husband. And, uh, and I was literally thinking of you going, how much more of a crazy shift in perspective would that be coming back into a society? And how long would it take? It took me, I think, two weeks before I felt normal again. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine how long that I can say that I'm forever changed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still have some issues. Mm -hmm. Like there's just times, like I was at the ski hill the other day and I've just been trying to teach my kid how to ski and do her thing. And mm -hmm. you know, it's not my scene. Mm -hmm. And I just like the noise and being in the lodge, which I can't stand and mm -hmm. all that. It's as grateful as I am. We have the resources for everybody. Right. Not against it at all. Mm -hmm. I just can't take it. Mm -hmm. I just, I had to leave her with mom and I had to get in the car and I had to go out the Canyon and just, I had to have a timeout. Right. I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm way more sensitive like that. I have a capacity and I know now when I go over it, yeah. I have to just eject. Right. If I keep going through it, I, I start to have some, I don't even know what to say. I, I suffer. Some PTSD or something. Yeah. Like I just get a little, I, it's not even stir crazy. I just mm -hmm. don't feel good and it carries on for days. Mm -hmm. So I have to get out of it. Right. I have to know and be mature enough to just say like, I'm not doing real well. Mm -hmm. I need to go back to the Hills and just like settle down for a second. So I just went out, walked, mm -hmm. took the dogs out, listened to some metal, yeah. got some circadian rhythms back, got some cold mm -hmm. therapy helps me a lot. Yep. And then I come back and I can pick everyone up and they had a good day. And mm -hmm. you know, some, some environments, you know, just trigger me. Right. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's electronics or noise mm -hmm. or just There's a lot whatever. more of that kind of stuff where people are going, I don't want to be anywhere near, you know, a, a router, Wi-Fi router, or I don't want to be anywhere near this or that. And it's becoming more and more of a thing where I think we're getting, especially people who are so used to nature and being grounded in nature, yeah. all of a sudden being in a different environment with different signals hitting them, it, they're actually noticing the effects yeah. on them. Yeah. So I don't know what it is, but I can tell you that I've just had a harder time this winter than most. And mm -hmm. I think it's because I've been in the population. Right. more with the little kid. We have the one-year-old. So I've got to be more present than I have been mm -hmm. with the family. And that balance has just been out of whack for me a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been getting in as much grounded time. So I think that's something people should consider who are especially uh, susceptible to it like I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. not super social. Mm -hmm. I do like being social like this mm -hmm. and doing what I can do, but then I just redline. Right. I just max out. Yeah. So Because you're wanting to teach people and yeah. give them experiences that you've had so that they can find some healing and growth. Yeah. Um, and it comes from nature. It comes from being in the outdoors. Yeah. But at the same time, that's a balance because the more that you're in society trying to communicate to people, you all got to get in nature. Well, you're, you're in society just yeah. by communicating with them. Totally. So you need to take breaks and you need to have a routine that you go through each day to, yeah. to keep your health and your mental state up. Totally. So what is that routine? I'm still learning it. Yeah. I don't have it hardwired. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's a component of good rest, mm -hmm. which I've not had the best, mm -hmm. probably some of the worst in my life. Mm. So I'm less, my tolerance goes down, my, my ability. So mm. that's been an issue. My exercise has gone up and my nutrition has improved mm. and I've learned what, what to work with and what to avoid and mm. what works best with me there and what supplements really help me. 
So boom, that's, I've improved there. My sleep's gone down. So I've also been, you know, supplementing with like ashwagandha, mm -hmm. the Spartan complex. I'm a big fan of lost empire herbs. I'm a, you know, a rep, I do some repping for them mm -hmm. with stuff that really helps me. So I've actually learned which, um, supplements they're all from nature. They're all plants. Mm -hmm. So pine pollen and all that really helps me out. Tongata Lee with my testosterone, yep, keeping that, that too. So, I mean, I've figured all that. And when I don't take that, mm -hmm. how I feel like my overall wellness, mm -hmm. my positivity goes down. So when I can't get into nature, I have to have these supplements, right? Mm -hmm. I have to get my exercise in. I have to keep my strength up. I can't let my back injuries or my elbow injuries take me down. So I have to include acupuncture, mm -hmm. body work. I have to know like right now I need a week off and my elbows are shot. I'm taping them. Right. I gained so much on all my lifts, but mm -hmm. I can't do that exponentially. You're looking great. Thank you. When, feel, when I saw you, uh, at, at Jake's wedding. Yeah. Um, you looked skinnier for sure, for sure. Skinnier. And now you've looked just like, almost like, before, like when we last talked. Yeah. I've kind of done a full roller coaster. Yeah. 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 I got back to the strength training because mm -hmm. I feel like that makes me hormonally happy and I love having a base layer of that. So I'm not trying to hit, you know, what I used to in my twenties mm -hmm. when I was competing, but I still hit some rep PRs mm -hmm. and gained some, some, you know, some strength and some new zones yeah. and then it's helped my back and then I feel better. And, mm -hmm. but lately I've been pushing the dumbbells mm -hmm. way too hard and my elbows have just both blown up ah, gotcha. and Never had that problem, but I yeah. think again that's diet. You need so. some bass fishing to just like get oh, some yeah. casts in, get some movement in those elbows. Totally take a day off for just just to catch some. I bass. need some turkey hunting too. Yes, like yeah. just doing some push ups, yeah. just doing some tree pull ups. Mm -hmm. I bring a little kit of bands and stuff just to bang reps, uh, blood flow. Mm -hmm. You know, more uh, more just feeling good. Yeah. So I need to get out of this strength cycle here for a little bit. Probably Do you dive into any, uh, like any, uh, mushroom supplements. Oh yeah. Or anything That's like all that? I drink for breakfast. Okay. So I don't have any, any calories, mm -hmm. but I drink, um, anyway, it's a mushroom coffee. It okay. maybe has 40 grams of caffeine in it. Mm -hmm. And then I don't add any calories to it. I just drink that straight and mm -hmm. I throw some chaga in there, yeah. which is what I was looking for out there, but I didn't have any good birch for us. Right, so right. that really helps my brain, especially for something like this, where I got to be able to think and pull mm -hmm. up names. Yeah. I've just started dabbling into the mushrooms for yeah. gut health and yep. for some mental clarity. Yep. And, uh, it's only been a few weeks, but I am completely sold. Now I'm yep. going, okay, what else am I missing? Yeah. Uh, that I need to start incorporating and because good. before even for sleep, I'd be like, Oh yeah. CBD. Like that's, that's what I'll take. And now I'm realizing it's so much more than that. Yep. Um, yeah. And to each turkey, their turkey, turkey tail is great. Turkey yeah. That's anti-cancer. I give, I've given that to dogs before. Yeah. Uh, my old lab, I guess we're shout. Well, you have yep. your own company. So. Oh no, that doesn't matter. Okay. I'm an affiliate at, uh, uh, Lost Empire Herbs, you can get a discount there. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, they Do you used have to be, a discount code? Yeah, Benji Hill. Okay. And you can get a discount there. But I'm going to start doing more if like, your guy will help me. Mm -hmm. What I take, because I still want to stay lean and mm -hmm. muscular, mm -hmm. I don't want all my hormones to plummet as right. bad as they were going, mm -hmm. especially when I was out there. I came back, I couldn't get any leanness, any size back. Mm -hmm. Once I got on the mushrooms and that, and he, they do the same thing. They have a mushroom tincture. I've experimented with all of them and you know what? I haven't found anything that doesn't work. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of like, I might be a little too into it. Like I, sometimes my wife's like, you have like 20 things you're taking. She's like, are you still fasting? Right, right. I'm like, well, I'm fasting, but none of this affects blood sugar. Right, so right. I, you know, I tell my wife, cause sometimes she goes, do you think some of this could be a placebo? And I'm like, I'm fine with placebos. <laughs> However, I can trick my body into functioning the way that I want. Yeah. I'm fine with it. But so I would I suggest your benefits. I would suggest mushrooms. picking an avenue <laughs> and then experimenting with yeah. the avenue. Like if it's a hormone avenue or a mm -hmm. sleep avenue, maybe don't do everything at once because it's hard to figure out, you know, with elimination. Right. You know, like if you've done or heard of Whole30, mm -hmm. it's basically like pretty strict elimination. Right which I like because it's not just keto. You can mm -hmm. have potatoes and such, right. but you can figure out what you don't respond well to. Right, right, so right. even with supplements like tinctures and mushrooms, try and start with a few mm -hmm. so you can eliminate what works, what doesn't. Yeah. Don't just do what I'm, I got too far into yeah. everything. And I got, I, I similarly, I got stuck with 
Um, I started doing a lot of the on it supplements, okay. which are like the day packs and the night packs yeah, okay. that are jam packed, filled with great, great things. But I couldn't figure out what was working and what wasn't yep. because it was just all at once. I'm taking all these things and I'm covered, yep. but I wanted to know what, what is actually helping and what do I not need at all? Correct. Um, and so now I'm back into slowly adding things that are beneficial to my yep. health, especially for me, since most of my job is so mental, uh, my mental clarity needs to be on point. Yep. Um, so everything is about how is my brain functioning today, which I'm realizing if you're physically not feeling good, if your body's not doing good, then mentally you're not going to be doing good either. Right. So now I'm finding it's, it's a lot of, uh, yep. it's a, if I'm taking care of my body and taking care of my mind, then mm -hmm. I feel like I have the best mental clarity and you're a hundred percent right about, uh, fasting. Okay. Fasting gives you the best mental clarity. And, oh, yeah. and I can't believe I didn't discover that at an early Yeah. And there's age. so many ways to do it. So again, when I, if I come off like I did on the show, like preaching or like I'm super confident, it's just because I really believe in it. And I really believe in myself in a lot of ways. And that's what came off in the show. But with these supplements, you're giving it away up to, I don't even know, 30% if you're not using these optimally, which is a ton as we age. Right. Right. So. I mean, start learning some facet of this stuff mm -hmm. and experiment with it. Yeah. And there's nobody, I don't have it all figured out, but I can tell you hands down, I would not go into the woods without my salts. Right. I would not live on this planet without my supplements right mm -hmm. now. I'm such a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm more patient with my kids. I'm stronger in the gym. I recover faster. Mm -hmm. I eat better. I think better. I mean, the list goes on. Why would you be less than optimal. Right. Right. So I don't know what that is for each person, but mm -hmm. I can tell you some pretty good places to start. Right. right. And, you know, I just counseled my brother on this, who's doing great with his stuff, working out health, but we put him on all this, you know, reducing cortisol is a huge one. Mm -hmm. If you're going to work hard, you got to sleep well and reduce cortisol and eat well, mm -hmm. you know, that's being optimal. So you can handle a high workload. Right. If you're going to lift like I like to, how do I recover faster? Mm -hmm. I'm not 20 anymore, mm -hmm. but my testosterone's better be 600 plus. Right. And I'm going to get it checked on this next wave of supplements. And yep. I can tell you some ways to do that and mm -hmm. see if you're a responder to some of the things that we are using. Right, right, right. A good conversation uh, I'll talk about. I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet because I'm still devastated about it. But you and I had a conversation at our buddy's wedding mm -hmm. um, where you had heard about the elk that I had put an arrow through mm -hmm. and searched for it all season. And I was honestly a little bit like, I don't want people to know about this. This is gut wrenching for me. Like every day, even, and that was way past hunting season. What wasn't it? Yeah. We and were in yeah, way past hunting season. And it was gut wrenching for me. And when you told me like, Hey, I heard, I heard about what happened and I heard about the way that you continued to pursue that animal and you pursued it all the way till the end. Uh, and never didn't shoot another animal. You literally tracked and pursued that animal the entire time. It was so much more helpful than someone just giving me shit about hitting an animal and wounding it and not finding it. Yeah. You I know? respect you a thousand times more than two. If you had accepted defeat mm -hmm. and just went and shot another animal to gratify your the hole in your heart, right? Which happens to everybody now. Oh, yeah. oh I dinged one, two. I've heard of people dinging three animals mm. and then they finally got that third one and then they felt better. This isn't, sorry folks, this isn't about feeling better. Right. This is about doing what's right. right. And I'm guilty too, Yeah. but you know, what you did was correct. Mm -hmm. Could you have made a better first shot and all that? Of That's course. that who couldn't, Yeah. I could have on the beaver. I could have on this thing the other day. I mean, I could have on my muzzleloader elk this year. Mm -hmm. You know, I put a good shot on her, mm -hmm. but was it as good as I could have done? Mm -hmm. No, I could have taken one more breath. Mm -hmm. I had time mm -hmm. and I could have put it a little lower in there and I wouldn't even have to take in a step. She would have right. been tipped over. Right, right. So I rushed it too after yeah. 30, 40 years of experience. Right. So yeah, being, you know, 
doing the right thing is not always easy. And I respect you massively for doing the right thing. And I've done that same thing. And it was a hard pill to swallow hunting to the end, knowing I stuck an elk in the neck. Mm -hmm. He broke it off. He was fine. He was bugling at the end, but I did not punch my tag on any other elk. I tried to complete the season with that. Mm -hmm. I hopefully think he was taken in rifle season and somebody found my broadhead in the vertebrae in his neck, yeah, which yeah. was a horrible, horrible whiff on my part and right. a really bad judgment call on my shot. Yep. Not like yours, worse than yours. Yeah. So right. heartbreaking. Yeah. Biggest bull I've ever had a shot at. I did. <sighs> yeah. Well, Going and I, down. And I kept running through the story in my head of the bear that you shot that came back later and you got another shot on it. It literally kept running through my head the entire time of, I could get another shot at this. Yes. And for those that don't know, I shot an elk. Well, no one knows because I haven't told anybody on, on the podcast. I shot an elk. Uh, it, it, I had an elk. I called it in. The whole hunt was perfect. Literally the perfect hunt. Oh, man. Lightning and thunder, oh. rain. It was it was one of the best hunting experiences I've had. I had two friends in front of Well, I had a friend and his son were in front of me, and I was calling for them. And they're definitely new to archery hunting and uh, elk. And this day was so perfect. We called in, I don't even know how many different herds of bulls, different herds of elk with bulls in them, but they were all smaller. But who, who cares? Yeah. He, he would have taken anything. Um, they're coming in left and right. And he's spooking them out of this canyon, left and right. And just, I can, yeah, literally. It was, oops. It was, and you're like, no, yes, no. yes, yeah, yeah. It was one of those days too where, uh, we had, I'd hunted this area over and over, but we hit it the perfect day and all of these elk, I can watch them coming in over the ridge into the forest that he's in. I happen to be up a little higher and I could see these elk coming at, from clearings or coming from forest and all funneling into this Canyon. And up top, I saw this big, massive bull elk, uh, couldn't, couldn't tell if he was a six by six or seven by seven, but he was a big bull, elk. heavy, big. And End of he, story. you could tell he was the king of the castle. He was looking down the entire time. He'd throw out a bugle every once in a while, but he was watching all of these elk funneling into this canyon and getting kicked out. And we're moving through the forest, kicking out these elk. And I kept telling my friend and his son, I kept saying, there is a huge bull elk up there that has been watching this entire thing. And he is ready, <laughs> to, perfect kick, storm. He's ready to kick some ass. Yeah. And so we keep moving up and eventually, uh, they got tired and they wanted to take a lunch break. And I was like, okay, that's fine. We don't have a lot of time here because he's going to get bored. So I, I just kept moving up and it was maybe only 300 yards. I moved up above them and I see him through the forest coming at me. He's got a giant bush on his head from raking the bushes and it's covering his face. So I'm like, I'm going to get a perfect shot on this. I, I did a call and tried to move to the left so I could get a good shot. And he must've heard me moving because that's where he decided to go. And he just went directly at me. I never got to pull back. It was like a, once he went through this clearing, it was just pure, pure right to me. So I waited, I put my bow in front of my face and just waited. And, and, and the wind was almost non-existent. It had been raining. And so I just was like, I'm going to let him go right past me which was probably the big mistake. Cause I don't think he could see me with yeah. that bush on his head, Yep. but he could right when he passed me and I let him pass. He almost brushed past me. That's, That's how close so cool. It was the coolest. What an experience. encounter. Oh, it was amazing. I pulled back right as he passed me and I was looking out of the corner of my eye to see if he saw and he caught me. Yeah. Um, and he whipped around to about 35, 40 yards I had, I was right on this log and as I turned the log broke and my arrow oh went my God, flying that's right. when I was at full draw, I was turning like this and I was leaning back on this. It was a weird position because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, I couldn't quite move my feet, but I could move my upper torso to get yeah. the shot that I wanted. Yep. And right as I did that, the log that I was leaning on broke and my arrow flew. And I thought, miss like total miss what a stupid shot what a stupid experience and my buddy at this point heard all the commotion and he comes to me and he goes dude nice shot i'm like what are you talking about he goes there was blood going down the side of it oh no you're just like and i thought that's i that can't have been a good shot like no way at 35 yards um 35 yards and me not not it wasn't even a flinch it was literally like fell on my ass backwards yeah. after the shot went. Oh my 
gosh. Um, <laughs> so we go, uh, we go find the arrow. There's blood on the arrow, but I can tell it's not, it's not the good blood that I like. It's not bubbling. It's, uh, it's just, yeah. it's just, it, and it has little chunks of meat in it. Um, and so I'm going, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, there's some excitement level because he, I, he did say there was a streak of blood going down, but where he described it, I'm like, it's above the lung. Like yeah. it's, it's too high and it's a little bit too far back probably. Oh. And so we tracked this thing for, I mean, I tracked it that the entire day, they ended up going home and I just kept tracking it um, and kept doing everything I could trying to follow its tracks, but it started pouring rain, little drops of blood here and there that we were able to mark, but the rain was so bad. It washed it away pretty quick. And then we were just following tracks, you know, just following tracks in yep. the mud that elks, uh, intersecting with other herds tracks. And then I'm trying to figure out which tracks are the ones that he he's has. And he, I mean, you've been you know, there. It's hard. And I tracked this thing for three days, finally found him five canyons away. Totally. Well, I don't know. Totally fine. I'm sure he's feeling sick. Yeah. Um, but five canyons away, herded up with some cow elk and he was rutting. He was pushing them around, moving them. Um, and I did one bugle thinking maybe he'll respond to the same bugle. Nope. <laughs> okay. Note to self. He knows that you yeah. stung him. Uh, He's out of there. He right. Yeah. And I tried to make it sound like a different oh, bugle. That's, that's all right. But I made that. I, I know it. I know because of how many times I bugled to him, there was no different bugle I could do. Yeah. You know, he had heard it all. Yeah. And so the bugle that went out, he immediately turned yeah. and left the herd. Didn't want anything to do with that, that bugle. Yeah. Um, and after I shot too, the craziest thing, after I shot, he did this giant semicircle around me, hmm. super slow, still bugling, still raking the ground. That's why I thought I missed. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to get another, I'm going to get to actually oh, take yeah. a he shot at this. He was so enraged. He was enraged. But then I could see he was like, oh, I don't, something's not right. Yeah. And he went up and over the ridge. So I, I literally hunted him the entire rest of the season up until the last day. And I saw him on the last day and he looked totally fine. He definitely had like some scar tissue yeah. uh, around that area, but he looked totally fine. And I was in the same boat of thinking, I hope that he can make it through the infection phase mm -hmm. or that he gets taken during rifle season. Yeah. That's all I could hope, but it was, I spent up until the last day yeah. looking for him. Well, that's like, we can only do the best we can do, mm -hmm. but that's the best you can do in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some of the mis mistakes, not for you, but others I've no, seen are give them to not, me. not to you, uh, just, you know, to give up. Um, I think one of the other ones is to, if you know, you hit that animal poorly on the first shot, at all costs, I think you try and get a second arrow into it. Mm -hmm. And I've recovered some animals with like a butt shot mm. at 50 yards with a longbow, you right. know, like, so that's a good one. If that animal stops out there and yeah. it's usually unethical to take a long, poor shot, but if but you if know you hit him it. in the guts yeah. and it's mortal or blow, you didn't have that. So this isn't to you. No, I wish I would have known that. I, I know exactly. Yeah. So once you knew that he was probably wounded, going after him and tracking him is the correct thing to do. Right. And then it's just like, okay, knowing that he'll probably not respond well to the same calling. Mm -hmm. So stalking's probably your best bet or mm -hmm. have somebody else come and call for you. That sounds totally different. different. Yeah. But even then that's not your fault mm -hmm. or a mistake. He might have come in, he might not have. And when he runs away, you go, Oh, that was wrong. Right. But next one that was wounded could come in. Yeah. You know, so it was a it was an incredible learning experience for me on all fronts. Yeah. And it was definitely an incredible learning experience for me to know uh I need to have my shot, that first shot, because he was so enraged. Yeah. This is what this is what killed me. Yep. Is after I made that shot and didn't know that I hit him. I then realized, oh, he wasn't going to go anywhere. Yep. Like he was still, I could have called him in before my shot. Yep. I could have called him back in. No yep. problems. Right. But it was like that panic set in Same. of going, I got to make this shot, got to make this shot and not focusing on, hey, get your feet out of these logs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't try to make a weird pivoted shot that you don't normally make. And, and. And if he runs away, you can go after him tomorrow. That yeah. was a huge learning experience That's for massive. me to go. Uh, to go, yeah, the elk is still going to be in these canyons somewhere and I may get another shot. It doesn't have to be right now in a precarious situation. That's the really level five 
maturity to mm -hmm. do. I don't know if I've quite made it there. I'm close because <laughs> right. I have made some good calls, mm -hmm. but I've still made some bad calls because mm -hmm. I want that success and I want to close that chapter. And I know now's the time, but I push that pressure right. and I push that shot when I could have just been a little more patient or just had the ability to say, Hey, there's tomorrow. There's right. this next, this next hunt. Right. But I think just one little tidbit that I've also learned from for turkeys and elk and things is drawing when their heads mm. are behind the tree mm -hmm. or the bush. And the best thing you did was set up where, and luckily came through where you have something between you. Right. So many times people, you know, set up and there's just a meadow between me and where that elk's coming out. Right. If it, you have a decoy or anything, they're just going to hang up at 50, 60 yards mm -hmm. and be looking at you. But you had that, you had that terrain in there to work with. Mm -hmm. You had some cover to draw behind, mm -hmm. you know, maybe just having drawn your bow as I do with my recurve, get back or longbow yeah. when their head goes through and they come out and you can still move and they'll maybe stop or the turkey will put his head up. Right. The elk will stop and maybe look at you. Mm -hmm. And you can also say, yo, mm -hmm. of, without a mouth call. Right. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> they just stop and look, punk. Right. Dead still shot. Or you say, Hey, my feet are wrong. I can't do it. Yeah. He'll run out to 20 yards, yo him again, or cow call mm -hmm. him again. He might give you a frontal, you know, yeah. or you don't get him. Right. But, right. Hey man, I've learned so many of those from screwing those up myself, yeah. but you did the right and you did the best you could do. And yeah. that's massively commendable. And you didn't punch your tag on him, but you, right. you did do the right thing. You didn't punch a tag on another animal. Right. So exactly. everyone out there, that's, well, That's massive and, respect. And for my own mental sanity, I literally punched my tag on the last day yeah, after you did. after I spotted him, and I realized that. Uh, and it was it was so uh, there. There was a, a part of me that was like this. This whole experience can't be all coincidence because the spot that I sh saw him in um, on the very last day happened to be the same canyon that I shot him in hmm. in the exact same spot that he walked over over Whoa. and left me. That's where he appeared again. But this time it was like, he was wiser. Mm -hmm. Like he popped up over the Canyon, yep. caught me completely out in the open, yeah. never made a peep at me. Yeah. But, but he heard me this time. I was just doing some cow calls. He caught me wide up out in the open, walking around. I was moving and looked up and I'm like, He's been watching me. Yeah. Like he's, he's got me. This is my, yeah. literally it was my last day. I had one hour left. He ran up and over the thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm yeah. just going to punch this because it, it was, it was a meaningful experience and I wish it would have ended different, Yeah, but it sets me up really good for this year. Yeah. And so one other thing I've done for closure with something like that is then I used to not rifle hunt. I used to despise rifle hunting, but mm -hmm. then I found it fills another niche mm -hmm. and I teach people how to do it right. I now better and mm -hmm. I know how to shoot better. And I do really enjoy rifle hunting mm -hmm. now. Um, you can now befriend somebody who has that tag, help them maybe harvest that gray bull right. and get some closure for yourself. So yeah. I've done that with people where then I give up my ability, mm -hmm. but I've helped somebody else maybe go after an animal that I didn't mortally wound, but I had a bad experience with right. like the one I shot incorrectly yeah. in the neck. We didn't close that chapter, but I felt good helping mm -hmm. somebody and get in the woods. If I found him dead, maybe I could get some closure if mm -hmm. I help him harvest or her harvest. Right. At least I'm, you know, feel like I'm still in the game. Yeah. You know? That's great advice. And then actually I found out with the one of my animals that he was thriving mm -hmm. and you know a neck shot mm -hmm. on a bull with a two-blade broadhead and vertebrae mm -hmm. didn't really hurt him that bad right you know like in the chest done yeah neck shrugged it off same bull right was fine in october so wow. i had a pretty good idea that he was going to make it through right 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 anyway those are some ideas that mm -hmm. have helped me with that i think we're all going to go through them and continue to go through them so how we manage that mm -hmm. and don't chase punching more animals or more tags mm -hmm. isn't always the solution. It's getting closure on that one right. and sticking with that animal through the season, mm -hmm. you know, and, and trying to do your best to harvest it if you can, obviously. Right. So. so wrapping things up, what are some life experiences that you took from your experience on a loan? Wow. Well, I mean, that's where the real wins were, you know, um, not the best thing that happened and sadly enough was that I didn't, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. It went a lot how I wanted it to, but like life experience, you can plan life 
you can plan it to go this way. You can plan to make this job work or these experiences with people work, but ultimately you only control this small bubble. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've got to believe that I could do it which was awesome. I got to drink the Kool-Aid. I got to know that I have the skills and the mental capacity and the fortitude, but life just dished me the card that I didn't see coming. Right. So the greatest lesson I learned was that you get, you know, you don't always get what you want. And they did capture me saying that on there. Mm -hmm. I said, I, you, you think you get what you need and I didn't need to win mm -hmm. the show to get my best experience. I could see how I could win the show. But to me, the the getting the kick down and having to pull myself back up over this last year and a half has been more made me a stronger character, made me more ambitious, made me realize some of my weaknesses, maybe be even more grateful for the things that I have, my health being the main one. I mean, everyone thinks health is just this thing. It's the most powerful tool you control. Oh, yeah. What you eat, what you don't eat, what you pass up how you drink your fluids, what supplements you take, how you treat your body is up to you. You can't make anyone else do that. You have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. So I've really got my game back together with that again and realize that at coming into 50 here next few years, I'm going to shoot for being my best mm -hmm. ever in my fifties, mm -hmm. not just, you know, I'm doing the best I can, mm -hmm. not if not, I hope not I'm doing Whatever it is I'm capable of doing, I'm doing it to my best. If it's more of this or more of that, I don't know where it's going to be. It's definitely not going to be just breaking deadlift records or mm -hmm. what I can bench. It may just be reps. It may just be, you know, being happy with where I'm at, but still pushing the envelope to be healthier mm -hmm. and learn more. So that's the greatest life uh, lesson I got out of the show was that, you know, life's going to knock you down. You can have a plan. Great. But be pretty much expecting that the plan isn't going to come out exactly like you want and be ready to deal with that mm -hmm. and learn from it. Right. And that's, that's what I got out of the show. That's awesome. And what do you have planned for future endeavors? Well, I want to give back more. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my teaching um, is going towards the youth. I take the outdoor, I'm uh, the outdoor Hispanic uh, community ice fishing today. So mm -hmm. the kids I take out, they've never even been fishing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try and catch some fish while the ice thick. Mm -hmm. um, I help with them. I help with a lot of the kids camps. I run my own kids camps. I'm going to start doing some more adult adventures. I've signed up to do higher ground mm -hmm. um, with the vets. Mm -hmm. We're going to take them hunting and training and teaching them how to explore the backcountry and be healthy. And then I'd also like to take some more people just on to some reconnect type adventures. Mm -hmm. So trying to give back more. Um, we're also starting a, a mule deer foundation chapter here. So we're all going to get, have to get involved in that mm -hmm. and try and give back to habitat and working with ranchers and wintering grounds. So that's new for coming up this year. Uh, I think our first banquet around here in the Wood River Valley, Ross is going to set it up is in mid June. So mm -hmm. We'll get that all out and let's try and give back to these animals that just took a beating this winter yeah. and do something positive. Cause in the next two and three years, we're going to see the mule deer numbers pretty wrecked. I've never seen mm -hmm. so many dead fawns as I did this year in uh, the back country. So that's tough to hear, but that's what we're dealing with. So what yeah. can we do? We can all gripe about it. We can mm -hmm. complain about regulations, which we don't have really any control of, mm -hmm. or we can improve habitat. We can be more selective with what we harvest. And maybe this next few years, we, hold ourselves to some different standards. Mm -hmm. We are really good about what we do in the backcountry, whether we harvest or not, or maybe we eat a tag this year. Maybe I don't shoot a mule deer this year. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just take a cow elk and that's my season. So right. everybody can think about that on a big winter like this, being more respectful to the wildlife and being really cautious here coming into spring with shed hunting mm -hmm. about not pushing the animals more. It's not about us. It's not about that. We had a long winter. Mm -hmm. if you had a long winter. Then you probably fasted a lot. Oh, wait, we had everything we needed. Mm -hmm. The animals fasted a lot. They need a couple months to get back on their feet. So leave those sheds alone if you're pushing animals and, mm -hmm. you know, go somewhere else or just like we said, abort the plan. Right. The plan was to go hike all day. Well, if you push pushing animals all day, you're just doing that for yourself. Totally. And it's not worth the money and the stress on the animals. So eat it, go right. somewhere else, yeah. stay off the South slopes until they can get some more, you know, food and stuff in them. So, yeah. That's what we got to do as mature hunters. And hopefully the, you guys, the younger hunters can mm -hmm. realize that and save the glory photos and all that till later. And, you know, yep. we'll get out on the bears when 
the slope and the snow clear in another month or two. So. Right, right. And bear season's coming up. Yeah, it's probably, it's open somewhere. It's open in the wilderness areas yeah. and open in 32 and 22, but you know, we're going to have to wait another month here to get out, but yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me thanks on. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. yeah. This is great to recap and, uh, and we'll do a lot more. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, that was good.